welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers us all to engage bravely with the hardest aspects of parenting, to create positive change in ourselves, our families, and the world. Join us to build intention, elevate skills, and align our parenting practices with our greatest ideals. When we practice trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection, we're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Today's episode is supported by Revival Rugs, a company founded by four friends, one couple in Oakland, California, and the other in Istanbul, Turkey. They carefully source their one-of-a-kind vintage rugs from all over Turkey, display them beautifully on their site, and send them directly to your door with free shipping, minus the stress and the markup. Learn more about Revival Rugs and support upbringing by visiting today's show notes or upbringing.co. Now on to our empowerment. Welcome to our empowerment episode. We meet our kids where they are. Yes. Kelty, you always give the good introduction to these empowerment things. I'm always just like, what do we say? Who are we? What's this podcast about? What are about? we doing again? Can you set us straight, please? Well, <laughs> basically, these empowerment episodes are getting us into some really big value systems around our approach to parenting. Okay. Yes. We're going to talk later about how, in some ways, they're sort of our vows or our promise mm-hmm. to our kids, these ideals that we have. Um, turned action items to keep us sort of aligned in our mm-hmm. in our hopes for our family, for our kids, for us, um, mm-hmm. for our expectations of day to day interactions, um, and kind of yeah, tethered to these bigger values. Yeah, they begin with awareness and intention. They trickle down to our attitude, our thoughts, our emotions, our behaviors all those interactions with our kids that can get really fucking tricky. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Each of them has definitely been written from the challenges. Mm-hmm. Each one, like mm-hmm. our kids having these big emotions, we got to welcome them. Research shows that our kids taking so long to build skills. It's okay. We're playing the long game. Research mm-hmm. says it takes a lot of scaffolding to learn mm-hmm. everything. It's like a bunch of myth busting that yeah. we're like, we're rewriting and rerouting all of our neural circuitry about these beliefs. Everything mm. starts with our beliefs, right? Yeah. I think Han, And our that beliefs have been culturally conditioned for years, so we're really wired to, to think and behave a certain way. Mm-hmm. You know? I think that we wrote these empowerments from those challenges as a reminder to just lean into them, lean into the hard stuff consciously, to mm-hmm. trust, to connect, instead of controlling, judging, all the stuff that we do all the time and we're trying to do a little bit less of. Yeah, if essentially. possible. If, it's not fun for anyone to do that no. shit. Yeah. And I think that that's something we can acknowledge as well going into this is saying we have read about this. We've studied this. We've done these trainings, we're, but we're working on this. Mm-hmm. We struggle with these things greatly. That's why they're emp- our empowerments. Not for everybody else, but for us too. Yeah. Um, can I read the empowerment Please this time, Please do. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> We meet our kids where they are. Kids experience the world along their own timetables, not based on our expectations. Trusting in this unique development requires us to step back, observe, and celebrate what our kids can do rather than focus on or attempt to control what they aren't yet able. Yeah. I think this is that's the gist. But it's beyond just we meet them where they are. It's we meet them where they are and 
how they are mm-hmm. and who they are yeah. <laughs> and how they identify and we're basically able to show up in the moment. It's just like one little thing to do. It's just like one little <laughs> extra thing. What's just this no talk going to be about? I feel like we had a little okay. riff about it to make a, a few notes, but mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot. Each one of these is a lot and it's loaded and what we basically so do. Com- we can't even cover all the, the intricacies and the tangents and the questions and the but what about this yeah it's hard with these. so basically we end up sort of ping-ponging through mm-hmm. our own experiences our own thoughts some research we've read um yeah but i think this talk is it's about diversity ultimately mm-hmm. it's about individuality it's about respect it's about the effort that we can make when we are able to make communication happen in like a really legitimate loving way rather than you know following this parenting journey doing the typical conformity the typical control focusing on those things instead mm-hmm. you know i think you and i kelty are very we're pu- as i think a lot of parents are we're pulled between should we be more rigid should we be more permissive mm-hmm. should we be more strict should we be more easygoing polarizing influences yes we have all of these things that are constantly pulling us and can we find that middle way can mm-hmm. we find harmony in our homes within ourselves with our children in our or relationship can, with them or in some ways can we redefine harmony yes and that's a big thing that we talk about can we redefine success can we redefine getting along mm-hmm. we're having to look at all of these things differently than how we grew up you know looking at them well and i think that yes the redefining thing is basically saying expectations that's the name of the game this time yeah uh that is the definition where loving unconditionally was about about love and how we express it or how we repress it mm-hmm. you know and this is about this episode is about expectations and our relationship to our expectations right in a huge way yeah and about awareness we're going to talk about what awareness expectations no. oh. awareness acceptance trust Thank those you. are the three but things they're all about to. expectations yes who's with us still seriously <laughs> <laughs> it is nine o'clock right now and we're very tired mm. and i'm uh i'm like having struggling to, a little I'm, right now i'm having to meet my dad where he is babysitting my children while yes. i'm here and he's having to meet my children where they are which means it's nine o'clock and they're still flipping through books and i'm trying not to fucking mm-hmm. lose my shit we're meeting a lot of people where they are tonight and we're glad that you're meeting us where we are here <laughs> on this podcast thank you we appreciate you yeah. seriously but i think if nothing i hope this episode will help people continue to look at their life as all interconnected and that mm-hmm. we're all trying to meet everyone where they are all the time including or ourselves be. yeah ourselves or we can be our parents our friends the the you know the fucking weather yeah whatever it is yeah yeah so i have a um a little excerpt from a shafali sabari book called out of control it's not one of her more famous books the conscious parent the awakened family um it's called out of control and like the cover is not like the best design. When it's is like it? it's written in kind of large font. Like, okay. but it was literally. Let's like, try to sell it a little bit. Every, I'm gonna say <laughs> it doesn't like automatically appeal to like higher design minded folks. But everything in it, I literally was like, what can I not outline in this? Like, I was I the had a highlighter. Yes. <laughs> I was just like, this is everything you and I talk about, Kelty. I can't believe it. She's has she like 
zapped our brains and is taking everything out of it or somehow we've channeled her or what the fuck is going on Mm -hmm. but there was some really just just amazing stuff she talks about and I think that she's very poetic she is and just to the point she just doesn't like do any bullshit she just goes for it well what I like about her and also really resent in her Mm -hmm. is that she swirls in the big picture Shafali Mm -hmm. does she explains the why so much about why we need to be leaning into our kids examining our own shit all these things but she doesn't really say I know but she doesn't really say how and mm-hmm. that always really frustrates me yeah, totally. but, she, but her work is vital carry is. on okay so this uh this little piece that i want to read is about expectations it's about the role we play as parents and the idea we have of who we should be who our kids should be how all of that should play out so here we go i'm gonna read it through really quick the whole thing not the whole book okay. just a little chunk no i didn't mean the whole book i mean oh that's not that long okay. it's i think it's okay we can always have alex cut it okay okay Here we go. We each run a movie in our head of the way life is supposed to be. We cast our children and intimate others in roles we want for them with little regard for whether they've consented to these roles. We impose our script on them, never really stopping to examine whether they are fitted for the part. With strangers, and perhaps to a lesser extent our friends, we restrain ourselves when it comes to directing the movie. We know that if we impose on them too much, they'll simply walk out of our life. But in the case of our children, we are they, who are hostage to our care, we feel free to write the lines, buy the costumes, and predict the conclusion of the movie. If suffocated in their assigned roles, our kids have two options. They can comply, taking on the role they've been cast, and in the process, abandon their true self. Or they can fight back at the risk of being crushed anyway. In how a child, a child responds to these two options lie all of the behavioral issues we face as parents. So attached are we to these subconscious movies, spending a lifetime budget on them, she gets really dramatic, (laughs) that we fight tooth and nail to manifest them. And when these movies don't do well at the box office or even more disappointingly don't even make it to production, we're devastated. Many of us rant, rave, scream, and blame everyone in sight. Of course, the most ready targets are our children. Mm. It's the dynamic that arises from insisting on our parental agenda that creates the need for discipline. The idea of discipline is a mental construct that emerges from a parent's subconscious. What we think of as a need for discipline stems not from the child's behavior, but from our emotional attachment to a particular idea of how my child should be. The reason we create movies of how things should be is our inability to accept ourselves and therefore others as is. The key to effective parenting is to step out of the movies and into the as is. When we can embrace the as-is of our children, we no longer blame them for not being who we need them to be, and we no longer try to change them. Our parenting moves away from control, instead becoming guidance. The ideal is the middle way, whereby the parent understands that both parents and child have desires that need to be taken into account. The wise parent takes the lead, but not in a dictatorial sense. Such a parent understands that unless a child's feelings are honored, Lasting solutions don't emerge. I love a good cinematic metaphor. No, <laughs> personally, it went straight to popcorn, like it and sure everything. Did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Kel, why did we make this empowerment? Why does this mean something to us? Um, I think that if we felt compelled, or that it was imperative that we find a way to engage around the situation that we so often find ourselves in where our kids are 
unable to meet our needs or expectations, Mm -hmm. where they are struggling, whether it's getting their shoes on, whether it's playing nicely with a sibling, whether it's putting their phone down when we agreed upon a thing, whether it's getting out the door. Or um, managing frustration or anything. anything. Yeah. Um, I think that it's that idea of saying, you know, meeting our kids where they are is saying, what I'm seeing right now, I need to accept and be aware of if I'm going to work with it. And that's, that's the hard stuff the is the good is. stuff. I know, but even, you know? even, and we're going to talk about this. We talk about the little demon on our shoulder, but even mm-hmm. hearing Shafali's thing, I kept being like, but that sounds so permissive. Mm-hmm. Let it all out. Meet them where they are. Don't, does that mean don't demand anything? Does that mean throw our expectations out the window? This episode, I, I'm hoping, is going to be addressing that feeling of, mm-hmm. can we meet them where they are? Can we engage respectfully while still, like many of our other empowerment episodes, upholding boundaries, staying in our role of responsible adult, keeping things together. Mm-hmm. That's the struggle. That's the struggle, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. I mean, meeting them where they are isn't losing. It isn't giving everything up. Mm-hmm. It isn't the end of the story, you know, where we're just throwing all of our expectations and needs and dreams to the wind. That's something you and I are finding out every single conflict we deal with our kids. We're like, holy shit. Doing this is just the beginning. This is the beginning to connection and to learning and to a conversation that can spur growth for both of us and our kids forever. You know, like you and I talk a lot about how all of this stuff is a practice. It's a practice in recognizing our inner needs and beliefs. It's about considering other people's needs and beliefs and skills. And then just working on practicing some open communications to make things work, to get shit done. These are Mm -hmm. skills we didn't all necessarily learn in our childhoods or in school or in our work. And this is the opportunity we have as parents, right? Yeah. And I think each of these empowerments is so interesting because you can look at each of them and be like, I do that in the good times. (laughs) I do that when things are feeling pretty easy. Sure. Like, I meet them where they are when they're like, I've had one cookie and I don't need to. You're like, okay. I, I I'll meet you right there, babe. <laughs> or they're like feeling a little shy and you're like, I'll meet you right where you are. You're feeling shy. When they're feeling mad, when they're pissed, when they're sabotaging resisting. everything mm-hmm. you're doing and resisting you, when they're hurting their sibling, like that is really hard to meet that kid where they are when they're coming out of their to room for the 10th time. And attune and acknowledge and accept and trust that as is yeah yeah the as fucking that's is. the big ask <laughs> yeah. in this whole thing and it, it's that big tr- trust fall where we're like but why why would i do that that seems like i'm giving up i'm losing i'm giving up my power what does that actually look like right yeah well i want to like pop in really quick that i okay. feel like this empowerment knows no age and we sort of alluded to that earlier mm-hmm. like this is something we are trying to do with each other with our parents with our in-laws mm-hmm. with the postman with like whoever <laughs> in our lives who who we can recognize has a different personal reality a different history is different, different abilities a different abilities and needs, and needs a, is mm-hmm. a different individual than we are and so much of this parenting journey for us has been realizing that mm-hmm. we're not living like Shafali said in our own movie mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know what's next <sighs> the unconscious history of mm. our culture we are working what? against so yes. much I love talking about this there's so okay. many things going on and I think everybody listening here can think if they think back what are the things impacting this belief of mine that I shouldn't meet my kid where they are. They should meet me where I am. 
And Mm -hmm. you and I are trying to bust that myth, but we're working against a lot of conditioning, Mm -hmm. social and cultural conditioning. So, you know, we see shit on TV, for example. Parents, they pull a power play to make their kid do something, right? right? Instead of just communicating what they need and why, it's never a conversation, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, They're never saying, hey, I'm seeing you're doing this thing. Hey, this is what we need to be doing instead. What can we do? Don't get me started on the whole TV thing and modeling and like... (sighs) There's the cultural idea that we all want to be pushing our kids faster, sooner, higher, better. You know, there's this kind of, you know, um, happily competitive belief that our kids' performance and behaviors, you know, should can be better, 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 and also reflect on us and our mm-hmm. abilities as a parent. I think we're there's also, a pressure out there. We're also just working generally against this value of conformity. I think we could all find a a moment in time in our lives where we were like, wow, I'm an outlier right now and I'm not doing well. I'm not seen. I'm not heard. I'm not valued. Like growing up, I remember you and I were both and we were in separate classes um, in grade school. Um, we, you and I both had issues with talking out and speaking not ta- out of turn. Speaking, at, speaking turn. out of turn. It would show up on our report cards or whatever, where we, we weren't like talking to a friend necessarily about whatever. We were like participating and speaking up to the teacher and it was out of turn. We were interrupting their fucking lecture in first grade who lectures in first grade, first mm-hmm. of all. Um, <laughs> and we would get in trouble for these things. And and then I remember we got, you know, one of those packets back where I don't know if everyone gets these things where their their grade school gives them the, all of the report cards back. Somehow we got access to that. And I was looking through this like 10 years ago being like, what the fuck? Who was I? Let me see through my teacher's eyes. Mm-hmm. This is a lovely exercise. And I saw like the first three years of like Hannah talking out, Hannah talking out, Hannah keep raising her hand, Hannah talking out a turn, blah, blah, blah. And then it switched from like second or third grade. It was Hannah's reading under the table. Hannah's reading under the table. Mm-hmm. Hannah's talking to her friend about it a project like she's doing. sounds like you totally disassociated with that style of learning because you couldn't be seen as they, an individual. They weren't allowing me to participate in the way that my body and my brain yeah. and my inner spirit and my wisdom and authority needed. Not all of us fit into that system. And I think that where some of us fit into some systems, I think we can all think of ways that we have not fit into an institutionalized system, a conformity, a group right. of conformity, basically. So bringing that back to where we meet our kids where right. they are is that acknowledgement that no one's the same. Right. We, and we don't want them to be. But I think it goes against everything we learn about parenting because we do not focus on our kids' typical development very much. There's not a lot of education around that. There's not, um, we don't go to parent school where we learn, hey, what's usual for a two-year-old to be doing? What's usual for a five-year-old to be doing? What are the issues here? The most that's out there oftentimes is how to fix those issues, not why they're happening and how normal they are. I read recently that it takes 20 to 30 times on average to build a skill when our kids' needs are met. So if if they're struggling, if they're hungry, if they're tired, if they're stressed on under transitional pressure, it takes way more times than that right. to that all of these to build things. A skill. So yeah. I mean, there's the the idea that typical development. Okay, a kid can't sit in a shopping cart for longer than ten minutes, but, especially but if they're think, hungry or whatever. I think we like or sort of irrationally like define these expectations. Yeah. Like 
I'm, I remember pushing my kid through Target and, and her, like she's trying to crawl out, crying, trying to crawl out. And I was like, she's fed. She's fine. She's 18 months. She should be able to sit in the cart. Where and did you get that expectation? Because I wanted her to sit in the cart. <laughs> like, <laughs> obviously. Not based that's where on, that came not from. based on research-based development. Or yeah. based on looking at her and seeing she can't do it right now. Mm-hmm. The lack of focus on or our general ignorance on kids' typical development, Mm. but then there's our lack of respect for kids' unique development. Mm -hmm. I think that it's so easy for us to get grouped into this idea and this belief that, well, if my friend's kids can sit in a cart. Or his older sister did this. And you and I have been a very good example of that for each other, Kel, because where Wilder, your daughter, can't sit in a cart for doing whatever, my son absolutely could. Mm-hmm. And if they were at the same developmental level, we've had a really good know? like polar landscape, yeah, in a really helpful way. Yes, to I mean, see that hard, but. that beyond development, there's certain things that are pretty typical for development, and that's very comforting and illuminating. Mm-hmm. But then also that throw another wrench in there. Oh, every kid's also incredibly different with their temperament and their needs, mm-hmm. and all of those types of things. Can we talk about efficiency? Okay, now? go ahead. I know you like it, talking about it's, this. It's so like all systems in our world, I believe in some way, have been built on efficiency. Mm -hmm. Not caring as much about the experience or the needs and skills of the individual, but just making money, keeping things fluid, keeping things runny, keeping things like thriving along. And keeping some white man rich, basically, if you want to get all feminist on it. But but really, I mean, I think about that. At the end of the day, when I'm like feeling really stressed Mm -hmm. and frustrated, I'm like, it's because my efficiency is not being met. Mm-hmm. Really. We're not like, efficient enough based on it's an outer expectation thing mm-hmm. that becomes internal, internalized, where we're like, those outer expectations, no, no, no. This is what I want. I believe that we should have dinner on the table in 20 minutes. Yeah. It's my or belief it should, it to be should, efficient. It's all the shoulds, the shoulds. and, and yeah. would-haves and totally. need-to-bes and all that stuff. Yeah. It's so Some, hard. Something I love talking about, Kel, is the fear of permissiveness. That's something else that's working that's against us you. with this. Where Alfie Cohn talks about this and other people too about this idea that it's this pressure to to be the parent you know, and not be the pushover. It's mm-hmm. to be the one in charge and not be the doormat. You know, you're going to bend to this little person. You're going to raise a spoiled brat if you connect with them or listen to them or think about them. And that goes through my mind every time I go through something where that's that little thing on my shoulder saying, you're trying to meet them where they are. But right. I'm trying to say, oh, my gosh, I should take the time to get down here and talk to my son, Laszlo, about his, you know, his bedtime situation and help him get back into bed. And you weren't at lunch today, I'm just saying. Oh my God. The other side of me though is being like, little fucking brat, get in bed. Yeah. What the F? I need to like do this. I, I can't let you run all over me. What am I teaching you? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're going to be a little shithead someday if I don't lay down the law right now. I think we've all been there. Yeah. It makes us think like we should be top dog. And yeah. Like I think it's that like patriarchal thing. Reenacting the hierarchy and all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Being in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that women have historically developed a more nuanced communication, though. Mm-hmm. And we have all these skills. I mean, do we, we do we have skills? We're, we're I think we work. We go it. back. We code switch. <laughs> I'm like, am I, you know, uh, like traditional 
typical female working it, caring about collaboration, caring about connection, dealing with in the nuance and mm-hmm. the gray area and the feelings, or am I more a traditional historical male perspective of dominance, which most men have been in history in that perspective where they're like, I don't have to care about connecting with you because I have power over you. Yeah, But you know? I think that that's a good reminder to all of us in this exploration is saying what we've tried to do mm-hmm. as well is just examine the words coming out. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, did I fucking say that? Yeah. Like, oh my God. And and debriefing with you mm-hmm. has helped me be like, and then I said this and, and I'm like, mm. mm. And uh, that, it sounded kind of crazy. And uh, I think wow. that's, I think to the point sometimes where I wonder, have I stopped realizing when I say some crazy shit because it's become so normal for me to say it? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest fear that I have. And that's why we're doing these empowerments because we want to create an awareness Awareness is one of the biggest things to say, what am I saying and how do I actually feel about it? And what's the point of all of these things that I'm Mm -hmm. saying? And how's it being heard by my kid? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think meeting kids where they are has a huge, um, huge impact by development. That's where you, you and I go to when Big we're like meeting kids where they are. Okay, developmental readiness. You were we were talking. We're like one of the biggest cultural things is just not knowing. We all just don't fucking know what to expect and how to base our expectations on shit that's actually realistic for the little brains, the little skills and, that our kids and have. And that's where at least I I know other people are comforted as well in reading. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's so normal. They should be doing that. Mm-hmm. It's okay that they're doing this. Like that is the most wonderful feeling is being like, okay, I'm not crazy. Okay, my kid's not a fuck up. Okay, I'm not messing up. And that's what learning about developmental readiness in a grand scheme. Yes, there's a spectrum of kids in their individuality, in their temperaments, in their ableness, in the mm-hmm. in all of their things. But still, just knowing those things has been such a big help to us. It has. Magda it's, Gerber. It has set us fucking free, the whole rye thing. Yeah. Of, I mean, Magda Gerber's, one of my favorite quotes of hers is, readiness is when they do it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think it's incredibly important that we research and read some books and check into some articles when we can. We're all busy people here. Mm-hmm. So whatever we can do to, to help assuage the concern, the fear, the worry of am I doing it right or are they growing right? But the cool thing that Magda talked about and that's so big in this respectful parenting kind of paradigm that's going on is saying what you really need to know beyond re- like total outliers of crazy behavior or really crazy stuff is Readiness is when they do it. They do whatever they're capable of right now. And that is good enough. And we want them to actually, instead of pushing them forward, we want to acknowledge and welcome and support where they are right now because that's where they need to be. So you're talking about things like even milestones, like crawling, talking, climbing, like risky stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, separation, talking, words, using a spoon, Mm -hmm. getting dressed, getting in the fucking tub, um, potty training. Like, I mean, from the, from the basic things that are, are less emotionally charged that we feel are on our plate to be pushing forward to the more challenging dynamic things where we think they shouldn't fucking be doing this. They're too old to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, Readiness is when they do it. And it's saying it's a call to action of awareness and acceptance of saying, 
this is who they are. And they're showing me right now what they're capable of, Mm -hmm. what their skills are. Yeah, but the big ask with that is something we talk about a lot in We Meet Our Kids Where They Are, Mm -hmm. which is they were there last week and now they're not there. This is such like a push and a pull and a tease of of skill building. That's the mind fuck of all of this stuff. They do it twice and they stop. You know, they're friendly with their sibling. Then they're like poking their eyes out, you know, Three Stooges style. Totally. It's, It's really hard. And I think that we keep coming back to a reminder that this is the work of parenting. Mm -hmm. It's just plain in the gray, Mm -hmm. right? And realizing that we're both on stage, like we talked about it being like an improv routine. We're going to keep it going as long as as we can. We talk Mm -hmm. about that. Um, Like what magic can we make together? And we'll talk about like later in this episode about what the risks are for wanting to push that development for taking that on as something that we should be doing because it's not on our job description. We shouldn't have to propel and create their development. We just need to observe it and welcome it and support it in really nuanced ways. And that tends to reduce conflict. And that's a huge reason. It helps them build skills. Sure, it helps them build skills and learning and our connection, but it also just reduces conflict, which all of us are like, how can I reduce conflict? Please help me. That's what you and I have found a lot. Yeah, Yeah. totally. So some general myth busting. Okay. Do you want to bring that out? Like, yes. What are we we doing that already? I know. (laughs) What are we busting? It's like my, I'm like, yeah, brain exploding already. Okay, well, you and I had... You and I had said, meeting our kids where they are is an exercise in awareness, acceptance, and trust. So awareness, Mm -hmm. what does that entail? So we're getting into a challenging situation with our kids. They're having big feelings. They're resisting us. They're struggling with something. We're struggling with their struggling or (laughs) yeah, not. I mean, I I sort of alluded to your son at lunch today and it didn't seem like he was struggling. It seemed like he was just straight up misbehaving. And Mm -hmm. that's what your kids do when they're tired and Mm -hmm. having a hard time. He was up at like like, 4.30 this morning. But he acts like like he actually reminds me of your husband, Alex, in that (laughs) (laughs) like who just when he's tired, he just like sings little ditties over and over that are really irritating and he becomes mm-hmm. obnoxious. That's exactly what Laszlo did. And I was like, it took me a minute to track. I was like, what's yeah, going on? Because your kids will like literally like melt and they like implode. fizzle out. Yeah. They implode on you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and your kids do this like swirly dancing Where they like act, destroy the Where earth. they're sort of yeah. funny and interesting, but destroying everything in their path. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's so different. So awareness. Back to awareness. Thanks for getting back to that. Yeah. But this idea is awareness is about curiosity. Mm. It's about open-mindedness. It's about seeking attunement um, with ourselves and with this other little person in our lives. It's saying, why do I have these expectations that Laszlo should not be being crazy right now? What is motivating my beliefs that my kid should not be being all crazy being and misbehaving and destructive table. at the table. Yeah. yeah, you guys were like at a sandwich shop doing that yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know, and I think that part of this awareness stage is teasing apart this reality that we're wanting and we're not seeing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's getting curious about it, you know. Um, yeah, but that's hard to do when you're feeling like you're in damage control with totally. three other kids there. Oh, totally. And sometimes I know we, we have to we just know dive some, in and some moms like, who have get four kids later. and we're like, oh my God, we don't do yeah. it with like one of us with four that often. You, and I know they're always, like four years apart. But it's like, them, we but. can't always be aware in the moment. We're not saying that at all. I have learned that for sure. 
Like I can't always be like, oh, I'm going to get all aware on this and ask why my kid's destroying something or hurting somebody else. Because I would ask him and he's like, I don't know. I just like go Don't go to them for the answer necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Big Um, suggestion. Do not ask them. But this is the process that we're, we're embarking on through these struggles and past these struggles, you know. Um, the next step we're talking about with meeting our kids where they are, examining our expectations is after awareness and becoming aware of, so why do I have this expectation? What is this expectation? Where might this be coming from? Is saying, okay, I'm going to accept the reality. I'm going to accept as Shafali Sabari says, the as is. If we're ever going to move forward and if we're ever going to meet in the middle, I need to accept my child and who they are what they can or can't do, what they want to do mm. or don't want to do, basically accept the reality of the situation. And that seems so backward, yeah. right? This, this reminds me so much of like a, someone who works on a submarine in a movie that's like <laughs> um, sort of like a, an emergency situation or like a correspondent. When, when you parallel this to EMS people. I do. Okay. Like EMS people, like they don't come on and they're, and they're not like, what is happening here, everybody? Or, hey, this why wasn't happening yesterday. That person? Why would you do that? Why did you fall into that pit? <laughs> they, no, they just fucking save the person in the pit. They just dive into the they situation. They dive in, they're hand. neutral. They accept. They, they accept the situation for what it is immediately, and they dive in, and they just make shit work. Mm-hmm. And they figure it out, and they get everyone safe, and they they don't get their own feelings all over everyone. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm so hard trying to channel. And Janet Lansbury talks about this mm-hmm. as sort of the cool, calm CEO mm-hmm. version of like channeling that. I don't feel like a CEO. I feel like more of an EMS. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, and then the third um, kind of exercise aspect. We're, aspect that we're trying to do with um, meeting our kids where they are is trust. You know, this belief of, okay, we've become aware of maybe why this is happening. You know, we've accepted that this is the current situation at hand. This is the reality that's going on right and now. And this is what our kid is able to give. Right. And, and what I may be able to give. Mm-hmm. And then... The third step, we believe, is trusting that we're going to figure this out. We're going to innovate together. Nothing is forever. And this small thing that's going on doesn't necessarily mean anything more than what it is right now. Yeah. You know, it's stepping out of that sort of like condemning perspective of living in the past or living in the future. Mm -hmm. Oh, they always do this or they're never going to get to be whatever. Like yeah, I've just had that, being I mean, present. We all have that feeling so often. Like my daughter wa- didn't want to go to like her ballet class. And I was like, it was so hard for me to not believe. Well, if she doesn't go to this, then she's a quitter. That's what she's learning to do is to just flake out of things. And mm-hmm. it's like, that doesn't necessarily mean it. Maybe she just isn't ready to continue going in this class. And the next type of class we go to, she's going to do great. And you're putting a pin in it to say, have a conversation about, hey, these classes cost mm-hmm. money, mm-hmm. so we can't be flaking out on all of them. How do you feel about committing? Or no being, to me, she's not ready to go every single week she might to not something. Be able to. And that's that's just her situation right now. So note to me to not pay for shit yeah. that like I'm going to lose money Both. on. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, what other examples do we have of like situations where we're like we're scared about the past or the future of what these things I don't know. could I mean? flash forward like, to like teenage years where mm-hmm. one of my kids comes home in like a belly shirt. <laughs> they're like, I, I start worrying about impressions made or what that would mean or 
whatever it is. And then I have to check myself and be Mm -hmm. like, okay, that's my expectation that they will be dressed like a pilgrim. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's not. You want them to be dressed out of Anne of Green Gables. No, um, but that, but that's what, where I go, where I'm mm. like, I don't actually want that, but I have to examine my expectations to the point that I then can confront it and say, mm-hmm. no, I actually really just want them to be comfortable. I want them to feel empowered in what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. I want them to be happy about how they're presenting themselves so that they can be confident moving forward. Those are So sometimes confronting an expectation is really about then realizing what your real values and expectations should be moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. But it's a, a lot of trust involved. And yeah. that's that third step that's so hard for me personally to just believe that what's going on right now with our kids, this struggle or this little thing is just a phase. And that getting mad about it or resentful or frustrated or punishing our kids about it is not going to help. That we have to find a way to focus instead on reacting to it, to responding to it. And that's, you know, we get them through it. We do what we need to get the space we need. We talk in all the other moments. We model the shit out of it. Meeting our kids where they are isn't saying do nothing. It's saying get over the fact that this is the situation mm-hmm. and let's fucking make shit happen in these other ways Around that the don't cause, right, that don't cause more pushback Friction. and all of these things. Yeah. yeah, we're playing the long game, baby. Mm-hmm. This stuff takes time. So what else do we do to kind of get into that mode of engaging in a respectful way about struggles our kids are having or ways they're resisting us to meet them where they are instead of over-controlling, shaming, judging, all the stuff that we've been so conditioned and mm-hmm. so easy to fall back on and jump into. That's why we made the resist approach. We talk about, you know, how can we engage with them without using control? Mm-hmm. How can we find ways to build our own skills, to build their skills, to build our awareness, to build their awareness, to build both of our connection, you know? Um so do you want to run through just the resist approach in general and do a quick, quick yeah, example I, I would, or what I do would, you want to do? I would tell everyone to just check it out on our site. Mm-hmm. We have like a brief synopsis mm-hmm. through the steps of resist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So R for resist. Respect. Respect. So what, what would come up in this general idea of we're coming up on these conflicts with our kids. We're coming up on expectations we have that they aren't meeting. How do we run the resist approach with them? The respect step is really about acknowledging that they're a separate human being from us mm-hmm. with their own needs, with their own skills, with their own perspective, yeah. separate from ours that we don't necessarily understand and not going into that past or future thinking mm-hmm. and being like, they're, they are them separate from us and we need to get into this to understand that. Yeah. And part of the respect step too is also establishing boundaries ahead of time, mm-hmm. planning for the things in a respectful way to let them know what's going on, what's going to happen next, what the boundaries are, all those what's things. the expectations that we've thought of and ahead of time and are actually conscious of. We've communicated to them so that they can be on board with those things. Because who likes someone's expectations being dropped on them at the last minute? That's yeah. not fun. When that We've happens all, been all there of a sudden. Someone's like, "Oh, actually, I thought you'd this," and you were like, "You never told me that." Yeah. yeah, we don't want our kids to deal with that shit. So E, R E S I S T. Yes. So the E is empathize. Mm-hmm. That's where we basically connect. We mm-hmm. put ourselves in their shoes. Um, we just attempt to understand their underlying needs, their limitations, 
by listening chiefly. We listen a lot. We nod a lot. We reflect and acknowledge whatever the fuck they're saying. We ask questions. What's Mm -hmm. going on? How you doing? And we nod and we just let it flow, knowing that we will have our chance to Mm -hmm. pursue our own agenda and get that out there at some point. And of course, all of these steps in this resist approach are if we have the time and the opportunity. Otherwise, we try and make them happen at other times, or we're just even conscious of the fact that we want to be doing this. Mm-hmm. And that plays a huge part in it, right? Yeah. It's, I feel yeah. like it's like a pie shape often where I'm like, the R was huge, and then all the other slices were tiny, or, yeah. you know, like it's never equal parts, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. It's try to get them all in there if you can in a struggle with our kids. Right. It's an yeah. approach. The S is sync up. And so after we've respected who they are as an individual person, we've connected with them by empathizing and hearing them and listening and understanding their situation. Then we explain our needs, right? And the reality that we see or need and desire. And then we, we bring their needs in together as like, okay, so we're syncing up. This is my situation. This is your situation. What can we be doing about this? Yeah. And that's what leads straight into the innovate step, Mm -hmm. which is where we problem solve. We get creative. We Mm -hmm. ask for ideas. We, we get a little crazy and have fun and say like, we need ideas. What can we do? You need this. I need this. Let's figure it out. And again, the innovate step can happen in the moment. Sometimes there's that time where we're like, our kid could actually like crunch these numbers with us or Mm -hmm. weigh these options or think of some ideas. And other times you're like, there's no time. And they're way too far gone right now. And we're going to have to deal with this later. And Mm -hmm. we'll innovate later about what to do next time. Mm -hmm. But it's like innovate is an open, open open-minded, open time to step. I think each one of these steps is in the moment having to weigh their ability Mm -hmm. in connecting about stuff. If they're stonewalling us, we can't go through all these steps in that same way. No. Or we innovate ourselves, in which case we're like, okay, I'm going to be really silly right now and see if that works. Okay, I'm going to offer another opportunity or a choice and see how that goes. Mm -hmm. Innovate can be with them or can be on our own, but we're modeling the shit out of the skill. Yeah. Okay. Other S. S is sync up. Nope. It's set limits. Thank you. So we've already, we've respected, we've empathized, we've synced up, we've innovated. Now we've set the limit. We're at that moment where we're like, okay, done all these things. We're working this. It's still struggling. We're, we're moving through. We're like, what's the situation? I feel like we should have had a situation at the beginning of this that we like guided it's, us through. It's hard because we struggle thinking about a situation that won't Asingle. alienate mm-hmm. some people listening. And our spectrum in age range between our kids is between like three and six, basically. Mm-hmm. And so that's limiting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's basically saying they're struggling. You're engaging respectfully. And at a certain point, you you're have trying to, so fucking in, hard in the set the limit. You have to at a certain point say yes and all these things and all the things here's what has to happen. I'm so sorry about this. I've got to stop your hand with this. I've got to get you into that car seat. I've got to move your body out the door. Mm-hmm. I've got to pull this t-shirt onto your head. I'm sorry you can't go to your friend's house. Now we don't have time. Mm-hmm. Whatever the thing you, is. You state the reality. You set the limit. It's, it's, you know, it's what has to be done, especially after going through all those things, which hopefully can like get you out of having to do that. Yeah. And then the last step, trust. Mm-hmm. It's just right now. Skill building takes time. Our kids don't need us, you know, to push and control them. Like just keep working it day by day. 
That's yeah. the idea. And trust feels like sort of a an impotent step <laughs> where you're just like, I am just going to trust. I'm just going to sit here and hope it gets better. No, mm-hmm. there are things we do in trust and mm-hmm. you can read them on the site as well, which is storytelling, which is modeling, which is circling back and debriefing about things after they happen. Like there's so many things we do in the trust step. Totally. All of this, Kel, again, every episode, I'm like, this is such a lesson in vulnerability. It's like, thanks, Brene Brown. You're wonderful. But I mean, meeting our kids where they are gives us permission to need help and Mm -hmm. to practice that with our partners, asking them to meet us where we are. Like, I think that's happened so much for me, being able to say, because I say that to hope my kid will say that. I hope I say that to my kid saying, I need help. We're struggling to get out the door. And then I can go to my husband and say, I need help. I took on these tasks and I don't think I can do them. And I really need your help. And all of it is a lesson in just communicating your own needs and saying what you can do and what you can't do, what you don't want to do, what you want to do, all those things. Yeah. I think that all of this is really, really tricky because at the end of the day, when we've talked about, I think we're going to talk about in a second, all of these reasons why we don't want to be not meeting our kids where they are. Oh, and we want to be trying. We have so much fucking shit here to talk about, Kel. Oh, my God. I'm watching Hold Hannah on. scrolling. I'm scrolling. We have we had like a bunch of notes here. The problem with expectations they exist in our minds. They're unconscious. These are our expectations are basically bogus beliefs based in our memories, our pop culture, our own needs. They're fucking invisible. And circling back to the expectation thing for yes, sure. Absolutely. I mean, when you were mentioning Kel the other day, you were like, I have this expectation. Then you're like, wait a second. I acknowledge that expectation. I actually realized I had six other expectations right. under so it. So if like, I force myself yeah. to say, hey, I was thinking that you guys could get yourselves dressed and that's why I'm feeling frustrated. And then I say it out loud and I'm like, that seems okay, reasonable. Why am I so frustrated? And then I look at it closer and I actually have all of these like subterranean expectations that have been burbling to the surface that fucking piss me off, which is, I thought you'd do it quietly. I thought I could be listening to my podcast in the other room while you were doing it. I thought that you would be smiling when you came out and skipped to the door. <laughs> like, whatever they are. Like, we need to actually get fucking and real with our... would have cleaned up the house before they left for work. Exactly. Like, no other, like, yeah. expectational, like, disasters but, impeding. But that's the thing that this meeting our kids where they are helps us understand is that if we're going to have expectations with our kids, they deserve to have them defined and verbally explained by us, Mm -hmm. which oftentimes we don't even know them ourselves. How many of these expectations really just live in our heads Mm -hmm. and are never expressed? Yeah. Really? Well, they're expressed via our behavior and our responses, but not actually like acutely. And that makes me like that, that puts me in mind Uh about, um, my kids' expectations, sometimes yeah. they throw a tantrum and they're having trouble. And then it comes out, I really thought you would say this word before we walked out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, thank you for telling me that. Because yeah. I never fucking I, ever could have guessed I, I'm that. not a mind reader. You didn't tell me you wanted that. And sometimes mm-hmm. my daughter will now be like, I told you I needed. And I'm like, I don't remember you saying that. And she's like, I might have said it in my mind. You're like... That makes two of us. I do that all the time, too. Thank you. (laughs) Totally. Um, So expectations. They're not reality. That's something you and I are coming to terms with very frequently in our parenting that 
we we come to believe they feel that so these things, real though they, they do but that they should be flexible and fluid and ever adapting and half of a relationship which we did not grow up expectations are the thing the person in power has over people with lesser power yeah. that's you, the idea but you talk about expectations being half of a relationship yeah. and we also talk about and have explored this idea of them being not half of a relationship but literally a wall that bisects us mm. from another person in the our life the wall of expectations yes brick by brick creeping up separating us from someone we care about Really? Mm-hmm. Like the, the idea of choosing suffering over happiness is having these expectations, not le- letting them all go, but mm-hmm. having them and not meeting a person where they are. We talk about the wedgie we've gotten, <laughs> like sitting on the fucking wall of expectations being like, I believe that I need these things, but I want my kid to do them and I see they can't do them. And that being this like such an uncomfortable so place to do? be. What do I do? Well, and I think just coming from a place where we think if we don't have expectations, then we're being taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. If we don't have expectations, then we are being fucking dominated by someone. Mm -hmm. And that's unfair, especially when it comes to parenting and housework and all of these things. And I struggle so much, Kel, with that expectation stuff, especially with my partner where I'm Mm -hmm. like, if I don't have expectations, I'm just a fucking doormat person that is just living for somebody else. And none of us wants to do that. But there is so much more nuance and opportunity in the gray area of all of this. And that's the whole reason we're exploring this is to say, can we meet these little people where they are? Or anyone. Or anybody. And still get our needs met and and set the boundaries and the limits and do all those things. But I think that's a small tangent. But connected yeah. in this way of like I don't want to be the Wendy or the Tinkerbell in Never Never Land for the Lost Boys my kids and my husband and I think that's such a huge mm-hmm. reckoning we all have to be looking at and dealing with so? as as women that that we are taking on a lot more than what we bargained for and I love my husband and I know you love your husband mm-hmm. and they do a lot and they're amazing. We're going to address that at some point. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. But but we have this feeling that we're just constantly meeting everyone else where they are, sweeping up the shit of everyone else's like messes, cleaning up after them and their big emotions and their deals and all the things. Yeah. And and it sucks. But, well, the suck the sucky part too is that like as that wall of expectations grows higher and higher and higher, when you think about it, the less chance that we're going to make it over to the other side or our partner or our kids are going to make it over to the other side for us. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of these things where if it gets too high, people give up. They stop trying to meet the other one in the middle and to find that other person. And Connect. it's when we really yeah. lose sight of each other. And it's really scary that expectations, which we think Great expectations, it's high expectations. They're, These are good things, yeah. but they can actually be incredibly detrimental. They can be limiting, very limiting to yeah. relationships and progress. Yeah, but once again, expectations or like tossing those away doesn't mean saying throwing everything out. Yeah, it says toss that expectation, but analyze it, look at it, and connect with the person about it. Connect with needs. Speak openly. Communicate. Ah. Yeah. I think so much about meeting our kids where they are is saying, I'm ready to take some responsibility for my belief 
and my expectation mm-hmm. around whatever this totally. situation is. Getting shoes on at a certain time, staying in their bed, getting in bath when they need to, crying however long they need to about some stupid fucking piece of paper or yeah. something. You know, like it's it's about considering how how fair I am to these people in my life based on their needs and their their skills you know especially our kids they have these like small brains that are developing i think it's it's something you've brought up though before is am i in change mode or am i in growth mode Mm -hmm. and we've had a couple other episodes where we had different modes that we can like compared yeah but i think that change mode is about that quick fix that serves me and growth mode means more like it's gonna take longer it might require more patience a little bit of suffering. There's a longer goal at stake. There's yeah. a longer goal at stake. Mm-hmm. Like we're growing. It's going to take time. Yeah. Yeah. Meeting them where they are, Kel, is getting real with our expectations so that we can suitably manage a situation for growth, not just for change. Yeah. We don't just want to be changing. We want to be growing. Yeah. But I think those those moments when I'm feeling really frustrated, I'm just like, Change, 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 <laughs> totally. change. Just and, fucking change. Ah. Yeah, and just like last episode with loving unconditionally or loving without condition mm-hmm. is talking about not just the ways we choose consciously to be engaging with all this stuff, but also just thinking about the ways that we are pushed in, in every way in our, in our stressors in our you talk about permissiveness like yeah. your big thing is I, I'm so afraid of being a permissive parent so I'm going to be um, I'm not going to meet my kids where they are because I don't want to be permissive right and Han I just my biggest stress and my biggest concern and hardship right now is just being so worn down mm-hmm. by meeting my kids where they are fucking over and over and over and mm-hmm. over again and I know so many parents can I- identify with that no matter what their kids are like, no matter how many kids they have, no matter what they're like, I, I know everyone's on some sort of spectrum for skill set, patience, lifestyle, and, yeah. and tolerance, all those things. Um, but so much of me being able to meet my kids where they are is the realization that I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I need to be met where I am. What about me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that to a certain point, it doesn't matter how much we know, okay, it's developmental. Okay, it, you know, not meeting our kids perpetuates their resistance. It makes Mm -hmm. control struggle, you know, power struggles happen even more. But like, you know, it can create perfectionists, Mm. you know, this type of thing. Like when we're constantly focusing, uh, refusing to meet our kids where they are, that kind of infers that they have to meet us where we are. And it puts yeah. them in a really tough position to constantly focusing on attachment figures or people in power. And the outside, yeah. The outside, the outside, the outside. Yeah. So like all of these things we're talking about, these like if we can let all of those things go, still at the end of the day, what you're saying, Kel, is like it's still fucking exhausting. And mm-hmm. it's so hard to just meet another person where they are constantly, multiple times a day. This isn't like, oh, my boss at work or that kooky person, my neighbor. Like this is a child that relies on me constantly for care and so many things. That's a lot of stuff. And I think that so much about this is that 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 question of like what about me? And and after that point of when I'm so worn down and I've given my all, I think that 
the idea is how can I meet my kid where they are when I need to be met where I am right now, mm-hmm. when I'm needing help, you know? It's yeah. that mode that I think that is at the heart of so many of our reactions, you know? Yeah. Um, I think when who's I struggle, meeting me where I when, am, I know when I struggle the most, <laughs> I like to, to meet my kid where they are. It's because I'm not being met and not by them, but by many other things. Right. For sure. Like are my needs getting met, you know, due to those unmet needs, I might be projecting that suffering onto this little person who should pretty much not be responsible for those needs. Yeah. And we get into this. I get personally find myself in this situation with my kids where it's like, it's just you and me, babe. We're all in this together and my needs aren't being met. So it's my needs versus your needs. And that's not what we want to be at. Yeah, but I think that that assumption isn't where we want to be. But verbalizing that at times is. Mm -hmm. And that's helped me being able to say, I'm struggling like we talked about Mm -hmm. in the last Empowerment episode. I thought that this is where we could be. Obviously, we're not there. And even just saying it out loud helps me then liberate that feeling, put it on the table for other people to be like, yeah, no shit. We couldn't do those things that you thought and validate that feeling of, okay, no, that is crazy. We couldn't do those things. Mm -hmm. Or to get help. Like, I think that when I start feeling like, but what about me? What about my needs? Why can't you meet me where I am? That's when I have to march to my partner or to you, Kel. I know. And we're very very privileged in that way that we we have other people to go to. So fucking grateful. Like, and I go and I say, I'm struggling. I have needs that aren't being met. I I might not even be able to identify them, but I'm having trouble meeting Laszlo and Roy's needs because of this. Mm-hmm. You know, I need some space. I need some extra help. I need some more hugs. Or Al, I need you to pay attention to me or tell me I'm doing a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm yeah. suffering inside right but, now. But that's something that you guys have done a really lovely job of too through therapy as well yeah. is establishing language around those things. Like when I'm being mean to you, I'm crying inside. Yeah. That's how I feel is I need you to put your arms around me even when I'm being mean and having a hard time. And that's then helped you identify to your kids as well when they're struggling and they're being mean and they're having and trouble. And the times that I can't handle it and and I'm not, I don't treat the situation the best with them. Later, I circle back and say, I was struggling then. Yeah. That was really tough. You can't always deal with that yeah. in the moment for sure. Do okay. we have some mantras? So what do we do? Well, I think we should do what do we do? So generally speaking, really quick. How long is this episode? Really long. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do to meet our kids where they are? What are my some kids like, are sleeping some right takeaways? Now. Hopefully they are. So I think it... <sighs> Number one. Okay. We believe that struggle is normal and healthy. Hard I think that's the good stuff. Yes. So yeah. much of our strife comes from this mistaken belief that struggle shouldn't be happening in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I think... We all want harmony in our homes, and that somehow means no fighting, no sleep issues, no resistance. Um, And this belief can really inform how we can engage with our entire conflict and and issue with our kids. So um, let's get over that fact. What else can we do? We can build our developmental knowledge. Yes. Yeah. Let's get educated. 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 Yes. Um, 
it's it's comforting to know that we're like entering a time where X, Y, Z might happen. It's a cue to scaffold. Mm-hmm. It's a cue to say, okay, so they're getting into this phase Heads of this. Up. They're digging it, into plants. Right. Heads up. Or they are scared about going to they're school. Getting Heads ver- up. They're yeah. getting more verbal. That means verbal, like they should say nice things to me. No, <laughs> that means verbal, like they're going to say whatever the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. Like watch out on all of these developmental like things that are coming up. You don't know what they mean and exactly. They should be comforting to know that there's like so much going on, not like, oh, this is gonna happen to me, but like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be so normal and developmentally. I think appropriate. you did that really well with Roy bef- like before she got into toddler testingville. Yeah. You were reading about it and I was like, Why are you reading about this thing that's gonna happen? That's so scary. And you were like, To prepare, Kelty. It makes to me prepare. feel so good. And Everyone deals with that did. differently though. But. I think that's true, but the more we started reading and looking, the more comfortable and comforted we felt. Mm-hmm. So I think another thing we can be doing to meet our kids where they are is to believe that our kids' behavior right now is the best that they can do. Mm. And this could be the entire episode because I know you want to do a whole episode on Ross Green because you love him so much. Super crush. Yeah, super crush. But he says kids do well when they can. That's a big one. It is. For sure. Because, and I always come back to this idea that we say, I'm doing the best I can. And when people hear that, they think, the best you can ultimately? No, the best the be- I can fucking right now. The best you can last week? The no. best you can a year from now? The best yeah. I can in this moment. And yeah. I want it, us all to take a moment to cast our minds back to those moments when, no, it's not my ultimate, but it was the best I could do. Mm-hmm. The best I could do was put some chapstick on, not take a shower. That was the best I could do. The best I could do was like chicken nuggets. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever it is. That was the best you can do, and that's okay. Yeah. And and then extend that to your kids when possible. If they could speak nicer to you, they would. They totally if would. If they could get their shoes on, they would. We have to believe in the best intentions of our kids. Because if we don't believe in their best intentions, they won't. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. That's so true. Um, okay. Other thing, we can question our true expectations to get aligned. Okay, mm-hmm. like we talked about before. Okay, so my belief is that my daughter shouldn't wear a belly shirt. Is that reasonable? <laughs> or my son. Why do I want to do that? Yeah. What are my deeper expectations about this? Yeah. Where, you know, where say is it this out from? loud, like you said, Kel. Yeah. Check check that shit. All the like need to, have to, Should. all of that, and just try Get, coming try coming from a place of I, whatever mm-hmm. it is. I had this idea that this. Or is it totally crazy that I this mm-hmm. and just try to put it out there in a real way. And that's the starting point for a little bit of analysis personally or in a bigger group setting. Yeah. We also talk about trying to approach things with curiosity and positivity mm-hmm. and just like a willingness to innovate and collaborate together. Like things can get better if we try to do that, which yeah. we can't always do, but sometimes we can. But just that idea of what's going on with them. Yeah. What are they needing? What skills are they needing to scaffold? What can we be supporting in them right now in a yeah. positive way? And a perspective shifting thing of this idea, like a mantra of mm-hmm. they need a little help right now. Mm-hmm. I have that feeling often. I just need a little help right now. And it's given me the words to be able to say it for myself. Yeah giving them those words, it seems like you need a little help. I think that's a really positive, um, just productive lens to start a conversation. And it's not like me against you. It's just, it's us. What do we need? What's going on? Who needs a little help? What's happening? Like we've talked to other times about just making an observation. It seems like 
you're having trouble. It seems like you need a little help. Mm -hmm. It seems like no one's gotten their shoes on. It seems like, you know, we're not going to get out the door in time to X, Y, Z and and going into that instead and of not being facetiously, like, like no, you know, just trying to uh, yeah. not be sarcastic yeah, and totally. mean. For sure. Um, what else? Building context. Can I tell you why? Is like one of our favorite statements that we have been working with our kids, which helps so much. And since they're like we, telling since us they why. Were little. Can I tell you why? Just building context. I think if we have an expectation and we we believe in that expectation, we've checked it out, been aware of it accepted the situation have that expectation still let's communicate why the why behind yeah. it which but that happens is, honestly you know sometimes i forget to do it initially and then uh -huh. when my kid first resists no i don't want to and i say can i tell you why it's like my mm -hmm. first bid being like oh shit i should have said this already uh -huh. but i'm going to get in there and and build that out and and half the time maybe more than yeah. half the time my kids are hard but they're like we'll be like hmm I'll entertain that yeah. because you put in the effort to explain. And now they'll my be like, world. "Can I tell you why?" Yeah, and they like they'll tell each other why. Yeah. What else do we do to kind of meet them where they are? We tell stories. Yeah, we, you know, we talk about times this happened or that happened. Just like pulling pieces together. Sort yeah, of. we model awareness. Like I'm feeling basically so much of meeting someone where they are is meeting us where we are, and just having a better sense of awareness and attunement to like. I have been feeling really tired lately, so I'm going to go to bed early. Or, or I've been missing my friends, and so you know I think I need to go out with someone tonight. Like or just I said the other day, things. I was like, I've been picking up after you all day. Yeah. And I just put it straight out. Yeah. I was like, I feel like you guys have been having a lot of fun and doing projects, and I'm starting to have some frustration around cleaning up all the messes and not having all that fun and just doing the cleanup. Yeah, and it makes no me, shame. And it but makes just, me feel like I wish that you guys would want to chip in and clean up a little bit more with me. And your daughter Roy, was like, my mama says that sometimes too. <laughs> <laughs> it's honest communication 101, people. And they weren't, but they weren't bristling because I was just like telling them as well, I was doing it. But I it. don't think that's saying to meet, it's not saying kids meet us where we are. It's saying I'm acknowledging that the situation and I'm, I'm being and vulnerable I'm, and honest and authentic. And, right. and here's me and right I'm now. Saying, I understand. I'm meeting you where you are that you're not doing this shit. And I'm going to explain it with the, with the hope, with this storytelling, with this vulnerability, with this modeling of awareness that maybe you will meet me at a certain and point. doing it early enough that I don't explode. Yeah. So much of parenting is being like, I'm just going to cope. I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep trucking. I'm just going to keep doing this. Yeah. And then we do explode. I've been picking up after you all day. I'm putting them in trash bags. I'm taking them out. They're gone. Yeah. Instead of at the first sign of frustration, sharing that like you would imagine a really healthy adult would. Yeah. Well, I try to be a healthy adult. We try. It's goals. But it's goals, yeah. All these empowerments are goals. Yeah. All these empowerments are us trying to be our best self, try to act like quote unquote adults so our kids can be learning these skills and doing this stuff. All of us about that. Totally. Yeah. I think last, like we talk a lot about circling back, reflecting, you know, connecting with our kids. If again, as we said in the resist approach that we ran through really quick, if we don't have time to do that in the moment to respect, to empathize, to sync up, to innovate, to um, set limits and to trust. Like if we, if we're just in the moment dealing with shit, 
okay, let's circle back and talk about, hey, so bedtime has been tough lately. We can do all lately. the steps later. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Hey, so you've been having a hard time getting your shoes on I've before school. This. I've noticed this. It seems like this. I'm having this. And these are all expectations that we've decided we, we would like them to be doing. And we have a legitimate reason to do it based on their development and our needs and the situation and all of these things and their temperament, you know? Yeah. But this is really hard. It's so much about awareness mm-hmm. and thinking about like, what are the things that have been the hardest for us lately? Yeah. How can we be leaning in, meeting our kids where they are, working the resist approach? You know, it's, it's easy for us to be like, I don't want to examine that. I just want to skip ahead to the next happy moment. Yeah, totally. To the next glass of wine, to the next cuddle, whatever it is. But if if you're here and you're listening, you're doing the work. Yeah. You know, write down those moments. How are you feeling? What's going Let's on? Let's process a little. We're, we're processing. We're mm-hmm. trying. Like, how are you? How are your kids? What's happening? Yeah. Let's just, we're here to explore, you know? Yeah. Find out the times you've been struggling. Identify those times and think, what are my expectations? Where am I, not failing is a bad thing, but where are we mismatching? Where I'm meeting my kids where they are or expecting to meet me where I am? Mm -hmm. And how's that causing problems with their skill building or our connection or just like our quality of fucking life, you know? It's a lot. Okay, we thought of some mantras. Oh, we did? Yeah. Okay. I have one that I remember of those. In the moment. Okay. Um, can't versus won't, which has mm-hmm. been a huge game changer for me. Yeah. And just instead of saying, she won't put her shoes on, she won't get in the car, she won't go to sleep, she won't be nice, she won't say please and thank you, I say, she can't. And that does sound like the biggest permissive thing ever. But yeah. it's a huge mental game changer to say, right now she can't. There are times when I can't say those things. Mm-hmm. When, when I, I can't be patient. When I'm literally looking at Justin and I can't say I'm sorry. And every fiber of my being is like, I need to apologize. <laughs> I just said these things. I have to say I'm sorry. And I can't Or I say can't it. do those fucking dishes. Whatever or it I is. I can't, whatever. Can't and won't. Explore it. That's a mantra. Yes. Okay. A few other mantras I thought of. Okay. This is a process. Mm. Learning takes time. Mm-hmm. Accepting them as is helps them grow. That's big. I choose to be happy. Happiness over suffering. Kristen Bell. Yep. Big one. My expectations are not reality. That's huge. That's like the biggest like operational misunderstanding we operate under. Or not necessarily, they're my reality, but not necessarily a mutual reality. reality. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have to be. And this is happening right now. Everything is temporary very helpful yeah um so vows kel you were like really interested in processing all of this based on a very early episode we talked about writing vows for our kids how this it's such a weird thing having a kid you make it a human being and there there's nothing there's no official process besides birthing them and maybe doing a birth certificate uh, yeah. The baby shower, maybe. Like, Reminds there's not much the, going on. The movie Parenthood from our childhood with Keanu Reeves. Yeah. It was like, you have to get a license to own a dog or to go fishing, and anyone can have a kid. Yeah. And I do believe that's it blows my true, mind. and it blows yeah. my mind. And we have these elaborate weddings for our partners, making all these vows that are like so lofty. 
lofty, idealistic, monumental, thoughtful, wonderful. And then we have a baby and we have all these feelings. We have all these ideals, but we don't ever put it in stone. They're not mutual. We don't have a ceremony. We're not telling it to them every day. Like it just puts me in mind to be like, what's our family philosophy? What are we thinking? What are we doing? What are we connecting to them? And it connects to this whole idea of empowerments, which are, these are our vows. They don't even have to know about them necessarily, but it's saying, these are my promises to my kid. Not that I'm acing every fucking day, but that I'm endeavoring to uphold Mm -hmm. that I'm like, these are my speaking of the expectation game. These are my expectations for myself. I won't always like do them, but I can still have them for myself and I can try to be working steadily day by day challenge by challenge, not to overcome, but to keep practicing. I love that. I love that. So you looked up what harmony meant. You were like, Mm. we're talking about harmony in this one. We're talking about expectations. Like, (laughs) what does that even mean? The word harmony stuck out so much to us. Because you're watching Uh, Perfect Harmony on Hulu. Don't tell anyone that. Also, um, we, we did like a siblings talk at our school recently and most of the people came there because they said they wanted harmony in their home. Yeah. And that was really like the main, and the the word was used multiple times. I just want harmony. And like we've heard other times, I just want everyone to get along, which we feel is a very noble talk about expectations and absolutely misguided expectation for reality in a family in a world, in, in anything. In a positive, growth-filled family home. Yeah. Harmony and growth really are are at odds with one another. Yeah. But growth doesn't happen from total harmony. Harmony is a product of conflict. And work. And work yeah. and consistent progress. And it's not consi- and harmony is not um something you and I are, th- are thinking and talking about. Harmony is not like the forever byproduct it comes and it goes and you yeah. you have these moments of it yeah well it was interesting so many of know? the definitions when i looked it up were like agreement concord pleasing consistent whole whatever but a lot of the things sort of angled towards a definition of an arrangement of parallel narratives you know like reflecting a single continuous narrative or or joining like chord mm. progressions, as in everyone's progressing and doing their own thing, progress, moving, different voices evolving and coming together and complementary. I love that. And I, I think that, that harmony is a big one we can be we're, redefining. We're redefining harmony. We're redefining expectations. Success. We're redefining family. We're redefining child and parent. Yeah. All of these things, we get to define these things for our home. That is the beauty of, of our upbringing yeah. and our kids' upbringing. So if we looked at our empowerments, there are 12 of them, and instead we looked at them as vows, as promises, what would we say to promise them? We would say, I promise to grow up alongside you. I promise to respect you as a separate person. I promise to meet you where you are. I promise to welcome all all of your emotions. I promise to love you unconditionally. I promise to move through the world in a way that inspires you. I promise to work on myself and work to meet my own needs. I promise to engage bravely through discomfort and ambiguity. I promise to work with you side by side. I promise to lean into the hard stuff, knowing it's going to bring growth and connection. 
I promise not to take myself too seriously as your parent. And I promise to play the long game because learning and growing are a lifelong practice that I want to do with you as long as I'm here. That was fun. That was fun. And long. As long. <laughs> um, as I always, hope you met us where we were tonight, with, which, which was, was like a, a little, little disorganized and a little, long-winded. Yes. As but, always, we would love to hear your thoughts on our Empowerment Twin Talk. So please DM us, call, email, contact us through our website, upbringing.co. Subscribe, rate, and review because that's how people find us. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, we've got some really sweet reviews in there. Yeah. One of which really inspired some of this episode. Yeah. For sure. Um, we also have begun an Ask Us Anything segment at the end of our outro music. So check that out. And... Um, Lastly, you're doing an amazing job. We're so proud of you. And we're right here with you, taking steps to better understand ourselves, our kids, and one another. So thanks for being here. We're all growing up together. Till next time. And now for the Ask Us Anything portion of our show where we answer your queries, whether they be personal or professional. And we just kind of rant and riff and explore our way through whatever your question is. And we have no time tonight because I feel like (laughs) we went so long on this episode. We're the least consistent podcast timing wise of all time. Oh my goodness. I don't think we're of all time, Cal. I think we should go easy on ourselves. Meet us where we are. I I feel good about it. We dove in. Okay. No judgment there. Okay. So um, what do people want to know? One question we got was whether we are teaching our kids any other languages. Uh, Yes and no. Yeah, I would be like, mostly no, sort of yes. (laughs) Um, I spoke Spanish with Roy till she was two, like almost complete Spanish. I don't know what came over me. Probably our Aunt Joanne from Spain had died, and it was like, it just made me do that. Mm -hmm. And we spoke a lot of Spanish with Wilder too, because Wilder's six months or so younger than Roy. Mm -hmm. And then the boys came and it got crazy. Roy and then Wilder rejected our Spanish talk. We studied Spanish in college, grew up around it, having gone to Barcelona. So it was comfortable, but it was not like super functional. And we kind of just let it go a little. Mm -hmm. And we had both our mom... who spoke Spanish fluently and your in-laws who were like Chilean. And we were like, it's okay. They'll go to their houses and be speaking it there. But they don't speak shit at their houses. They speak English. It's hard. I don't know if any of you guys deal with that with in-laws or with other people. And I know that my husband, um, you know, he was raised by Chilean parents who wanted to just, you know, assimilate and just, you know, be normal Americans, speak in English. And so he understands Spanish and French and German, but he does not speak it. Um, And I just, I would love our kids to speak you know, speak Spanish, enjoy the foreign languages, point of contention, but, with, but with, to the point where we're not feeling totally crazy and anal about it, but no. also like, what can we expose them and, to? What can we enjoy with them? But that's also been something we, we have done. And I want to say like some nominal words, but like there are words that we've integrated through or little phrases we've integrated through, like the chupete and pañal. Just and our basic stuff, like just music, little, little storytelling, words. things like that. But even daily living, activities of daily living words that are just sort of always been there, which are, are comforting to me yeah. in that way. I mean, I feel like with language learning, like, of course it's a gift. Of course kids learn languages, second languages, third languages more easily, but it doesn't need to be like, 
you know, a pr- another pressure, another thing on our to-do list. So um, the girls, like, they have a program through their Montessori where they do Spanish twice a week. So, like, great, they do mm-hmm. that. And the boys do it once a week. And so whatever we can get in there, and if I can, like, persuade in-laws and parents to speak Spanish more often and do an immersion-style thing, fantastic. Um, but it's like, if our kids can just communicate their needs in any language at this point, <laughs> I feel pretty fucking happy. So we're not really super particular about what language that's in. 